quote of today is strength lies in differences, not similarities. And this is by Stephen Covey. And the reason why I chose this quote for today is because we've covered a lot of different types of real estate. And as you've noticed, although we might have these different eight property types or asset types that we've covered, each of them fills a different role and different place in the world around us. Welcome to the Path to Passive podcast, where we talk about building wealth and empowering lifestyle through commercial real estate investing for tech professionals. I always wish that other tech professionals reaching financial freedom had documented their journey along the way, so I'm doing it for the rest of us. Join us as we explore stories, many failures, and lessons learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Path to Passive, real estate investing for tech professionals. This is the guide for tech professionals that want to invest in real estate and get the maximum leverage with their capital to earn more income, save on taxes, and build generational wealth. My name is Stephen Rita, and I am your host. I hope you're having a great day today, and thank you for tuning in and continuing your journey in growing your knowledge of real estate investing. Each episode, I'll be bringing you real estate topics and conversations with real estate leaders, real estate entrepreneurs, or myself, who can provide the tools to start successfully investing and building streams of income. The topic of today is what is commercial real estate? So let's get into the show today. So have you ever heard the terms commercial real estate and wondered what it actually meant? What types of buildings are actually covered by commercial real estate? And is it just buildings? And what about land? Is it always just to serve a business purpose or commercial purpose? So what are we actually covering today? In this episode, I will provide answers to these questions and we'll cover a definition on what commercial real estate is, what types of buildings and properties are considered commercial real estate, and a brief overview of eight different types of properties. So most of us know what real estate is, right? The things we buy for our homes, maybe a piece of land, maybe we've lived in an apartment before too. These are all types of real estate, but where is the line on what is considered commercial real estate? Maybe you've driven the city, downtown, or around your local neighborhood and saw all of these big buildings, warehouses, strip malls, wherever you live, and you thought to yourself, who owns these things and how do these things actually get here? This episode won't be totally in-depth on all of these different properties, but the target is to give just enough information about these different properties so you can notice the differences. Now let's get into the meat of the content. According to the Corporate Financial Institute, commercial real estate is considered any buildings or land that generate income. While there's some definition that varies among different countries, the core offerings of these remain the same. So today, I'll briefly touch on eight different types of commercial real estate. The first one is multifamily real estate, also known as apartments. That's right. These are the apartments that we see all around us, and we might even live have lived in ourselves. And depending on where you live, you've seen many different types of apartment buildings. Those might range to garden style, mid-rise, or high-rise apartments. Garden style, collection of you know low-rise apartment buildings on one piece of property. Think of those properties or those low-rise or those uh, those two to four story types of buildings that are there's usually a few of them on one piece of land. Now the second type is mid-rise, right? These properties are usually five to stories and between about thirty to hundred different units. And there's going to have elevator service in them because they're mid-rise and it's going to be way too tall for you to take stairs through all them. 
you'll find them more in constructed urban, urban locations. The third one is high-rise apartments. Just like it sounds, these are apartment buildings that you'll see in larger cities and usually amenities and overall condition. These can be further classified into A, B, C, or even D class properties. Now, I'll be putting on the episode where we go a lot more in depth about apartments and multifamily in the coming weeks. So don't worry, I'll be covering these more in detail soon. Now, the second property type is office buildings. Like multifamily properties, office buildings can also be graded by class type, but we're going to be focusing on the different types of office buildings here. The first one is traditional office space. As it says, these are very traditional. You're going to have the typical reception areas, private offices, open area for cubicles, conference rooms, mail rooms. And you're going to see these types of traditional office space from like law firms or professional services. The second type is a creative office space. Think of collaborative spaces, also have conference rooms or shared workstations throughout the office. You're going to have more of an open floor plan feel with minimal private offices and really no cubicles. You might have you know, more design features that have exposed ductwork or even exposed concrete floors as it is a little more creative. You're still going to have amenities, though, but these ones will be like larger kitchens, break rooms, game rooms, or even lounge areas. The next is co-working space. Co-working space, an office concept that you know offers rentable space, right? Especially popular for those that are doing freelancing or self-employed. Typically go for a month-to-month -month basis, and they tend to be more collaborative in modern working environment. We also have executive suites is the next one, a more traditional version of co-working spaces. There might be a receptionist to manage incoming phone calls, conference rooms, business mailing address, printers and photocopy machines for use and private offices. And these suites allow you to have the same benefits as a co-working space, but include small lease sizes in desirable areas for term flexibility. Next up, we've got flex space, this type of office in which a tenant occupies industrial space that also has some space built within the building and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about warehouses but this is can still be considered office space flex buildings allow you to build out the style of the office space that you mainly need be it traditional office space creative space or even high-end showroom space moving on from our offices our next is industrial now with industrial these properties you've got to think about heavy manufacturing light assembly warehouse different types of warehouses, and even data centers. So with industrial, we have heavy manufacturing with specialized equipment and machinery in them. Think about those giant plants, giant industrial warehouses where they make heavy-duty goods and materials. Usually have tens or even hundreds of thousands of square feet in space. And the exact machinery inside is something that you're going to see that can be customized based on what's being done, like maybe even, you know, a car manufacturing or a really big machine shop. Second, we have light assembly. This is where you're going to have maybe storage, product assembly, or some kind of smaller office space with some industrial attached. These spaces tend to be a lot smaller and simpler than those heavy counterparts, the heavy manufacturing we just talked about. That's because they're usually where products are assembled and put together. Smaller parts stored or eventually shipped off to be sold to customers. As such, they much more easily reconfigured and have different tenants. The next up is warehouses. Now, these could be distribution or general warehouses. On the distribution, we 
as the name implies, these warehouses are primarily used to ship goods, which means location matters. If you want to quickly get your products anywhere in the country, you need to be toward the middle of the country and preferably near an airport. The other type here that we're going to cover is general purpose. Now, these warehouses are more geared towards storage than they are distribution, and that difference can play out in a couple ways. For example, most general purpose warehouses have a lower door to square footage ratio, meaning that products are not really being moved in and out as much, so it doesn't need as many doors for trucks or distribution to really be the main focus. It also means that location matters less than what's being stored there, which is what drives most of the variation in these spaces, these types of warehouses. Next up, we have data centers. This one is a bit close to home since this is a podcast for real estate investors that, that are tech professionals. So data centers, these are highly specialized buildings with lots of servers, switching equipment, security equipment, power equipment, and often much more in there. Different flavors of data centers, including enterprise data centers, managed services data centers, could be cloud-based data centers or co-location data centers. And you could say this is where the ever-growing internet is housed. Data centers will primarily house all the equipment networked in a single room or a few rooms in the secure areas and there will be connected with office space for the operational and support staff. Data centers can be categorized by tiers, going from tier one to tier four, depending on the available resources, data center capabilities, or uptime guarantees. Now, the next type we have here is retail. Now, there's a couple different types of retail, so let's get through them quickly. Strip centers is the first one we're going to talk about. Strip centers are smaller retail properties that may or not, may not be containing an anchor tenant. And an anchor tenant is simply just a larger retail tenant, which usually serves to drawing customers into that property. Think of an anchor tenant, someone as like a Walmart, a Publix, a Home Depot. A larger retail tenant is the point there. These strip centers typically contain a mix of small retail stores as well, along with that anchor tenant. There's also community retail centers. Now, community retail centers are normally in the range of like 150,000 to 350 square feet. Multiple anchors can occupy this community center, such as grocery stores and drug stores. Additionally, it's common to find one or more restaurants located in the community retail center too. Now, this is one that you might not have heard of. I certainly wasn't familiar with it when I first heard about it. It's called a power center. Now, a power center generally has several smaller inline retail stores, but is distinguished by the presence of a few major box retailers, such as those like a Walmart, Lowe's, Staple, Best Buy, etc. Each of these big box retailers usually occupies 30,000 to 200,000 square feet, and these retail centers typically contain several out parcels. So the last one we have here we're covering for a retail center is called a regional mall. Just like it sounds, these are malls. These things are massive, 400,000 to 2 million square feet on average, and generally have a handful of anchor tenants, such as those department stores that you've seen or big buck retailers like Barnes & Nobles, Best Buy. Now, the fifth property type that we're covering is hotels, and these are the full-service hotels, hotels that offer a wide variety of services, all included. These generally include like on-site restaurant, bars, spas, fitness centers, conference rooms, and more. You can expect higher levels of service here as they'll have more conveniences as well. 
The other type of hotels is limited service hotels. These are the smaller hotels and don't provide things such as room service, on-site restaurants, or convention space. However, they will have things like complimentary Wi-Fi, a fitness center, business center, housekeeping services, 24-hour front desk, and some on-site vending machines. But a main point here for them is targeted affordability, thinking conscious, business-conscious travelers, families, students, and business travelers. And the third one here, we're coming for hotels is extended stay hotels. You've seen these before, most definitely. Typically have larger rooms, smaller kitchens, and designed for people to stay one week or longer. Now, the sixth type of property we're covering here is mixed use. Now, while mixed use has its own distinction, it can be some kind of combination of everything that's mentioned before. To give some examples here, the most common form of mixed use is usually retail and restaurant combination. But you might have also seen another type of mixed use, which is offices with some residences sitting on top. Now, the seventh type that we're covering, seventh type of commercial real estate is land. And we've got three different land distinctions I want to mention here. And the first one is agricultural land. This refers to the undeveloped land, such as farm or pasture. Within this bucket, it would be different types of agricultural land as well, like orchards, animal farms, ranches, etc. But it's all in the category of agricultural land. Another type here is infill land. And this is typically seen within located in a city and has already been developed, but is now vacant. And that is considered infill land. The third category here is brownfield land. And brownfields are parcels of land previously used for industrial or commercial purposes and are now available for reuse. The last type of commercial real estate property here is special purpose. And with these, are things such as amusement parks, stadiums, zoos, etc. And so what we've covered so far are some of the major types of commercial real estate, especially that those that investors develop and own. But again, some of the other types here are those like amusement parks, bowling alleys, stadiums that you've seen, parking lots are also owned, self-storage is a big one, certainly up and coming more, theaters, gas stations, zoos, and others. And so this covers the eighth type of commercial real estate we're going to be covering in this episode. So quick recap, there you have it. Today we have covered and provided some answers about commercial real estate. You now know more about what is an actual definition of commercial real estate. We covered examples of different types of commercial real estate, including apartments, offices, industrial, retail, hotels, mixed use, land, and special purpose. I want to be clear here that I am not an expert on all of these, for sure. There's so much to know about each type of property. But on previous episodes, we talked about building and tuning up criteria, and that's why at least knowing what commercial real estate is and getting exposure to a variety of the different types is so important. Bringing us to the action of today. So for today, write down some of the different types of commercial real estate that you have seen when you were last out. Did you see apartments or multifamily? Did you see low rise, mid rise or high rise? What about the different office types or warehouses? What types of office space did you work in or have you visited? The purpose of today's exercise is to note what you have seen around you so that you can continue to make greater distinctions. Second, you want to start building criteria for yourself on what to invest in. And to do that, you need to understand the different types of real estate that exist. So do this now or as soon as you can when it's safe. 
and take a minute to note of what you've seen. Leaving us with the quote of today. Quote of today is strength lies in differences, not similarities. And this is by Stephen Covey. And the reason why I chose this quote for today is because we've covered a lot of different types of real estate. And as you've noticed, although we might have these different eight property types or asset types that we've covered, each of them fills a different role and different place in the world around us. And so because of these differences, they're able to fill different needs. And that's why I thought this was such an appropriate quote. So wrapping up, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about why multifamily real estate. We're covering the different types of multifamily real estate. Remember, I talked about A, B, C, and D classes of real estate. We're going to dive into it here, including attributes around those different classes and some of the pros and cons, especially why these classes matter. Again, we want to build on top of the different criteria that we have. So that's what we're going to be covering in the next episode. If today's episode helped you, please share and let me know what you enjoyed. Or if you have questions about today's episode, please reach out. I would love to hear your feedback, discuss any of these topics with you, and be of service any way that I can. You can reach me on Instagram at the period real period arita or email me at steven at aritacapital.com. That's S-T-E-V-E-N at aritacapital.com. Also, if you have topics that you would love to hear about, please let me know. I may not be able to get back to you immediately, but I will read your messages and maybe even create an episode just for you and credit you with that question. So that's all we have today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will see you next time. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Path to Passive. We love connecting with our listeners and those on the path to architecting their wealth and improving their lives. Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see in future episodes. Get in touch with us through email or Instagram. See you next week for a new episode.